and welcome to Making Sense of It with me, Emma Kenny. And I'm Pete Smith. So this is podcast number nine. I will stop at some point. When we're maybe on podcast 637, I may stop saying it because one, I'll forget. And secondly, it will just be ridiculous to keep reminding people who are listening what number it is. But I think I'm saying it because I'm massively impressed that we've managed to keep doing this on time, getting it out there for our listeners, all 19 of them. Yes, That's come... right, we've got four more than last week. <laughs> oh, you remembered it was 15. Absolutely. I'm the numbers woman. I'm like the poor man's Carol Vorderman. The poor man's Carol Vorderman. Because I actually have no ability in mathematics and we all are aware of that. So what would, you be, what would your name be if you were a poor man's Carol Vorderman? Emma Kenny. Would it? Not you want to make one up? Emma McKenny Kenny. Emma McKenny Kenny? Yeah. Or McKenny Kenny Vorderman? Yeah, just Emma McKenny Kenny. It's Emma McKenny, Kenny. <laughs> Emma, what's this simple equation? I don't know. Thank you, Emma. Emma McKenny, Kenny. Not Rita Sausage McSullivan. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, does it? But, that, I, you know, what, what would be a male Carl Vorderman's name? I don't know. Douglas Sharples. <laughs> Douglas Sharples. Douglas Sharples sounds like a clever but solid individual who's probably middle-aged, comes yeah. from, I would say, a middle-class family who was definitely educated somewhere, quite good, and left with a plethora of education. But he's quite boring, which is why he has a love of mathematics. Not to say yeah. if anybody's listening to us who loves mathematics that you're boring. All I'm saying is, from my experience, the mathematical brain on a personality level can sometimes leave it a little bit questioning, that's all. Yeah. If, you're, if your name is Douglas Sharples, get in touch. Particularly, Douglas, <laughs> if you are the male Carol Vorderman. Yes, especially if the male Carol Vorderman, Douglas Sharples. I'll have a syllable. <laughs> no, I'll have a consonant, consonant, please, Bob. About, It's not a syllable. <laughs> I'll have a syllable, please. Uh, hang on a minute. Just one syllable, yeah. Hang on, then. The. <laughs> that's, a, that's a word with a syllable. The worst bit the. is, I've just or, actually... Evidenced why I'm the poor man's Emma McKenny Kenny. I'll have a syllable, have two syllables, please. Hang on. One what, second. What would you like, Emma? Sausage. I'd like a picture, please. A picture, and I'd like a kitchen utensil. <laughs> we don't have any of those. Well, that's what I want, yeah, so don't want. ask me. That's what I want, Bob. That's not even the right programme, is it? No. <laughs> when I was a kid. That's blockbusters. When I was a kid, I used to go. After I went from primary school to high school, I used to go on the bus to high school because it was a big deal for me. I'd never been on a bus, and that's genuine, apart from the Asda bus. So I had been on a bus, it's a complete lie. Because when my mum was a young mother, she didn't have a car. My dad had a car for work because he was a sales rep, but she obviously didn't have a car and we didn't have the money for a car. And I don't know whether anybody listening remembers this, and I am desperately, desperately showing my age now, but we used to get the free Asda bus. I was and just about to ask, actually, what is this Asda bus? It was Asda, obviously, the supermarket chain, who used to put a bus on. Because obviously, in the day where a lot of people didn't have transport, if you wanted to make money, it was far better to fill a busload full of mums who were shopping for the families for the week and provide that service than mm. to have people who, obviously, when you think about Asda supermarkets, they weren't necessarily local. They were kind of in the yeah, middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So my mum would get me, my sister and my brother, like, say, in the holidays, when we were really little, big respect to my mum here, and she would take us all to Asda in Haslingdon at the time, she would do her shopping and then Asda, she would carry it all back. Asda in Haslingdon? It wasn't the one that's there now, it's a different one. That's in Rotten Store. Rotten Store, whatever. Like... 
five star. Not that one. one. No, a much smaller one. Right. Back in the day where QuickSave was doing well as well. Oh, yeah. And she would carry them back. But that's a story about a bus, so let's leave that there. It was blue and a kind of a, a grey colour as the bus, just to say that. It was, or a bluey green colour as well. Yeah. Isabella. It was, so that's what we used to do. But until I was like at high school, I'd never really had a regular bus route. It just wasn't what happened in my world. So I suddenly started having to get the bus to school. And that meant that I became au fait with public transport and felt quite confident. So my grandma lived in a place called Hollins, which is about another four miles away from where my school was. And I was really close to my grandma Bolton. I was close to both my grandmas. They were amazing, amazing women, completely different type of people. Like grandma Taylor was so generous that we literally didn't know she was living in poverty because she was giving all her money away to people, including us. And my grandma Bolton was your traditional grandma who made suet puddings and fed you constantly. Not to say Grandma Taylor didn't, she absolutely did. Which, which, one, was your, which one of your grandmas was it when your dad would pop round from work? My Grandma Taylor, his mum. And like, he'd get in there and he'd only be there for like five minutes and all of a sudden there'd be like a three-course meal like that was yeah. prepared and on the table, it was like she had this magic way of cooking. But you said she must have just cooked it, stuck it in the freezer, ready for those times where your dad would pop round or someone would pop round and be a... Bread and butter pudding or a roly-poly, I think it was. Or, or a family-sized trifle, family which is one of her favourites. <laughs> Here's a family-sized trifle. <laughs> I used to go to my grandma Taylor's on a Sunday because I worked at Wicks Building Supplies, Code 01, Portland Sand and Cement, and I would go... That was a code, by the way, if you were buying cement in Wicks. It's code 00, it's code 004, you're getting robbed. I think it's a page not found, isn't it? Oh, is that Operation Osprey? Page not found. On the computer, isn't it? Like a 004 or something. Or oh, a 404. Yeah. It's a 404, isn't when I wear it? The toys Again, was... another evidence yeah. of Emma McKenny Kenny and her mathematical <laughs> skill reflection. It's a page I'll just be on the mic and I'll be like, we're being robbed. Well, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, what it is, just digress. We'll go back to your story in a minute. Was, I was in Tesco the other day. Look at that, all these names of of supermarkets going We're on. not sponsored. No. If Tesco, Asda or any of the other leading supermarkets would like to throw some food our way, some money our way, some drinks our way, or just, you know, some clothes maybe with the Freddy and whatever it is out of Sainsbury's, we'll take it. Yeah. I've lost my way now. I was not talking. Oh, that's it. And I was in Tesco's. Yeah. And the mic came on and she said, to all staff, Operation Osprey is in effect. <laughs> Operation Osprey. Yeah, and everyone sort of looked at each other and was like, Operation Osprey. Was that and kind of like a code, a code to like, you know, like... We are being robbed. Yeah. yeah. We are being <laughs> robbed. <laughs> Everybody out. No, and then We have was... minutes to live. <laughs> minutes. Can number five please come in? Your time's up. Do you know what the worst bit is? If somebody said that, I'd have been the shop worker who would just have carried on not even aware well, of what it was. Someone in the queue turned around and said, oh, is that like, is that called for being robbed? Because we had 004 when I worked in B&Q or somewhere, she said. Uh, and I don't that remember was that. I worked in B&Q, robbed. but I don't remember it. Yeah, I, di I didn't pay any attention. It bored me. It really bored me working at B&Q. One of the worst jobs I've ever had, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was mind-numbingly beyond boring and then some. But coming back to what you were just saying then about tannoys... That was part of my job. Was it? I loved that. They had to remove the tannoy in Summerfield in Saltburn, in my old hometown. Because you made No, because jokes it, was, about well, it. it was at the front of the store. So after the tills where you're getting, you've come up the tills and you're walking out, there was like a little cubicle there. And 
the amount of times that I've been in there and like the best time was when someone, some, I don't know, he must have been, he was obviously on the beer and stuff and he was very drunk <laughs> and he was just on the mic going, it's free, everything's free, just take everything, it's free, don't worry about paying anymore everybody, just take it up, pick it out, it's free and they, they all piled over to him trying to get him off. <laughs> Never locked or anything so they had to remove it but yeah, I was in there a few times and I heard people shouting over it. I was that voice that went... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The time is now 7.45pm. In 15 minutes' time, your Wix Superstore will be closing. Could you please select your final purchases and make your ways to the checkouts? We wish you a safe journey home. Oh, my God. And then I do it at 10.2 and 5.2. I'm surprised you didn't get marriage proposals after <laughs> that voice. That is one sexy voice. That. I've heard you do it before. But I can't wait to listen to see you on the microphone. <laughs> it was hilarious, <laughs> though, and I just really loved that job. It was the power, honestly. But going back to my grandma, because we procrastinated yesterday, oh, and actually we procrastinated from the first point, which is about the buses and going to my other nanas. But going to my grandma Taylor's, she would take me in on a Sunday because Wicks Building Supplies was literally around her corner. And I would go and she would just have a vegetarian full-on Sunday roast for me. And then she would send me back to work with... A what? vegetarian? I thought, you know what I thought you said for a second then while I was drinking my coffee? I thought you said a Victorian full Sunday. <laughs> I mean, it probably originated yeah. from there, but probably, there was no yeah. meat involved. Vegetarian. And then she would send me back with flat scones, which were like a scone with loads of currants and stuff. You wouldn't have liked it but flat, and then she'd butter them, and she'd send me back with about seven of them, and I swear to you, I would manage somehow throughout that day to eat them all. I didn't share them. Sometimes I'd go, I'm just going to go and clean the staff room, and I'd just sit and eat them. My grandma was amazing. But going back to the original tack, which was getting the bus to my yes. Nana Bolton's, which coincides with what we were talking about initially, I would go and see her on a Tuesday. And I did that from the day kind of I started my high school, probably a few weeks into it, to when I went to university. So I stayed, went every single week on a Tuesday. And it was brilliant because she just fed me loads, number one. But we had this routine. I would go in and we would watch Countdown together. We would watch it together. My grandma was a massive quiz master. She lived till 95. And at the end of the day, her brain was still active So at Countdown the end. is... The Carol Borderman, yeah. yeah. Carol Borderman. So, so we would watch that. And then we would watch 15 to 1 when that started. Right, I was going to say... That, and she yeah. would have loved all the ones that exist now. But the ones that I could master were 15 to 1 and... I could also do Countdown. And I can still remember the joy on me and my grandma's faces where we would manage to do the maths question. Because inevitably, on a statistical level, there would be a point where the machine would calculate it and it'd be like, 452, and there'd be a 4, a 150, <laughs> and a 2. And you'd be like, yes! I'm a maths genius! This but is then, probably a career for me. But then the people on the TV, the ones that were really brainy and stuff, sometimes they'd get it wrong. Or no, they never got it wrong. The, one, the ones I managed, literally none of them. No, In I... fact, the ones I managed, they would literally start the button and you'd just see them put the pen down. They'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. done it. But my grandma, you know, even in her 70s, she could do the conundrum. She was incredible. She spent her life doing those and um, word searches and crosswords yes, and all yeah. of that. And she would inevitably... It trains your brain, doesn't it? She, she would inevitably ask me, what about this? I never... I'm so bad at everything. Crosswords get me. Because you... Uh, just, what, like, literally? Sometimes I mean, I'm yeah. in my house, I mean, yeah. knock on the door. I mean, watching a TV, knock on the door, go at the door, there's a masked crossword there. <laughs> You've got five minutes to tell me what yeah, I am. I'm telling you, I'd be screwed if it was... Uh, what's that film? The Purge. Just Ooh. all the crosswords would be after me. Don't leave everybody else alone. Crosswords at the door, trying to get in. Very cross. Yeah, I just can't... I just. 
I'm just not that good. You know, I just I think it's boredom. It, the bar me crosswords. Well, that's because you can't do them. It's not. It's just because of the bar me. <laughs> it's like maths. Whereas bored. you can't do maths either. I know. I used to be all right at maths, though. You keep saying that, but I, I don't believe him at all. I don't believe him at all. Literally, you can ask a simple question and you just can't do it. So I don't see how you can suggest that you used to be good at maths, but now you've ask forgotten. Ask a simple question then. Go on, let's prove 253 it. 253 times 5. 1,250, 1, 1,300 and something. Yes, that's right. 1,300 <laughs> and something. Well done. I mean, just proving a point there massively. Anyway. Let's... Give me a pencil or a spray can and I'll sort you right out. I know. You can do all of that and I can't do that. So this week has been a full-on week. It's been a full-on week for me. It was National International Women's Day. Yes. So that was amazing. But I woke up on Friday morning realising that I just need to detox. I need to detox so seriously. Mm. Like... For anybody who works in an area of the world where you have to network, where you have to kind of go to different meetings or debates or socialise because maybe you're seeking investment, like that's my life. My life is either doing my media work, which sometimes is just really comfortable, like doing this morning because I know everybody and they're the best people ever, to highly uncomfortable situations where I don't know what I'm doing and where I'm going and who I'm presenting to and what the people are going to be like, which is massively problematic for my social anxiety. Or I go and do debates places that I know are going to be fun, but nonetheless, there's still the kind of consideration of not really knowing who the people are and worrying a little bit about that. Then there's the networking for investment because I need money for my companies and um, that's just embarrassing because it is basically going all right mate can I have some money and nobody wants to do that it's like corporate begging here I might be able to give you some money back in the future but maybe not maybe I'll lose it all can I have it anyway that's the way that works so I had like two full long days of doing this although I did have fun because I met a guy who I'm working with quite a lot in production who's probably one of the best humans in the whole world shout out Mr James Abadi best human being in the world best human being in TV I'm looking forward to meeting him he's awesome but a lot of that time involved drinking and I think anybody listening to this will know exactly what I mean about the irony of peer pressure as you grow up. Because I am a woman of a certain age, incredibly young, incredibly young age. Um, but as that woman, I think I'm quite self-assured to some degree regarding my own needs, right? So I will often say to you, well, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, and I'm quite yeah. analytical. You put me in a new situation with a group of strangers who are having a drink. And I will be thinking all the way, Diet Coke, Diet Coke, Diet Coke, gets to me, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> Have a Sauvignon Blanc. I don't even know why I've got this connection with Sauvignon Blanc. I don't even know why that's different to any other alcohol, but Sauvignon Blanc, I think it's probably not too expensive. I think it's probably not too affected. It seems like a good well, Sauvignon Blanc drink. Do you remember that time we met that guy um, at the... King's, King's, no, King's Cross Hotel, is it? Yeah. The King's Hotel there. Oh. The massive posh one, the Spice Girls did the video. And we were sat there and it was... January. Was nine o'clock in the morning. And we were drinking. We were, we, 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 made, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were on a detox. We form. were on a detox. Yeah. And we got there and we sat down and he came in and he was a real nice guy. Yeah, he was, he was on about like some uh, business he was trying to set up. And he sat there and he went, right. 
So what were we drinking? Are you drinking? I love Manchester people because I know that they drink before. Like, and we were just looked at each other and we were like... Uh, I'll have a Sauvignon Blanc. Have a Sauvignon Blanc, please, yes. <laughs> and he was like, I love Manchester people. Oh, and we were like, yeah. we're on a massive detox yeah. in our heads, but yeah. we don't want to let looked, him down. Yeah, we looked at each other and they came over with these big glasses, you know, and we were like, oh, oh. dear. You know, and a quarter to nine in the morning when you're on a detox, you know. No. You've got this wine. You had what to drink are they doing it serving it at that time? I don't know. That was... So bad. And it was exactly the same. I just went on this ridiculous rampage where I met Public Health England at 1pm. They were taking me out for dinner because basically they want to make me write for them and do some PR stuff because it doesn't cost them any money because I might be writing for Closer magazine. And obviously, if it's good information to get out to the public, of course I'll write about it. No well, problem at all. Public Health and, you know, Absolutely. someone like yourself is, is you know... Oh, it's great. And I'm getting free meal. So they meet well, they me. they free meals. <laughs> I'm literally sitting there, right? And I get there early because I get there early for everything. I am like the woman who gets there within half an hour of before. Yes, I just like to, yeah, Emma is super. I have an anxiety about being late for sure. anything. Being on time to me is being late. If you're on time, you're late. You should definitely have shown me some respect and turned up three minutes early because then we're on the same page. My brother drives, I drive him mad because he gets there on time and I'm just constantly like, I can't believe he's just got here on time. And he's like, that's what on time is. That's all, all what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, you oh, just get there late. He's very well. good at getting here late. He's, he's very laid back. He's so laid back, he's on the floor. Yeah. But um, I went in and again, it's this beautiful place and it's not somewhere I would ever go to eat because you know me, I'm bargain basement. When we go to London, we're like, where's the falafel for five pounds? Oh, yes. And that's where we are. It's the best stuff, man. It's where we, we don't know whether it's the best stuff, no, but the fact I mean, it's cheap it's, you know, makes us feel like it's the best stuff, and we are staying with that. But you're getting falafel from a Turkish, you know, cafe. It's, yeah. You, know. we, it, you shouldn't be eating probably anything for five quid in London, the way you can sit yeah, in, true. but we do it. It doesn't matter. That's the key. We're vegetarian. We can pretty much eat anything and live. So I'm sat there in this quite palatial place all of the waiters and waitresses are dressed in this really weird like outfit it's odd so it's that's how posh it is the odd designed kind of outfits they look really strange but other like sort of like, shirts backwards tie right, backwards and you know proper yeah just gimp so suits posh, full gimp suits <laughs> that's it full gimp suits and they're so Masks. posh they just make noises yeah, they can't speak right. it was mime <laughs> it was all done by mime <laughs> That was it. They're all dressed as Marcel it was, Absolutely. It was surprisingly easy to order as well. Just like pointing, a lot of pointing involved. You know, the, the wine was harder because obviously Sauvignon Blanc is a difficult one to get across, but we managed it. But anyway. Oh, I'd love to see the mine for that. Oh, you know, this is a podcast. Not stop everyone. it. Right. Get back on track. So this guy comes over and again, I just wanted water. So he said, what do you want to drink? Because I'm thinking I'm meeting Public Health England. Clearly I'm going to drink water. So I went, I'll have some water. And he went, okay. Or a green juice. And he looked at me <laughs> as if to go, and. And then I saw, I just went, and I'll have a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. And then he went, large? And I went, yes, large. <laughs> and again, so then I'm texting somebody going, I can't believe I'm having Sauvignon Blanc at this time in the day when I've got a public health meeting with Public Health England. Anyway, they come over, unfortunately... It was fine. They came and they weren't weird about it. And then the worst bit was they said, what are you drinking? And I went, oh, Sauvignon Blanc. And they ordered a bottle. So, <laughs> so uh, were they drinking as well? They or? did drink, actually. Yeah. So at the end of that, I'm like, okay, I need to not drink now. I've got a really important debate this evening. So they were following your lead, you see? Thinking, exactly. Oh, we've, we've... They're peer pressured by me, yeah. feeling peer pressured by the restaurant. So I, and it was one of those restaurants as well. Just got to say as a side note, it was very, very nice. But I had sweet corn fritters, which are delicious. It was 16 quid, and I got three small fritters. I mean, 
pounds for three small, you might get as an entree at an average Mm. kind of Thai restaurant fritters, it was 16 quid. Did you accidentally mime... I just want three, though. No, the worst part of it was that because I don't like filling, finishing my food, because I always think you should leave a certain amount of food on your plate, it's just a, a thing I have, a method I have, yeah. I had to leave one of them. So I, I wasn't there. didn't eat one of the... It's ridiculous, but that's the way I, I always apply that rule that you're probably getting a third too much food. That's no. the way I live my life with food, right? What did they have? Um, one of them had sweet comforters and she left half a one <laughs> and the other one had something like haddock, I believe. Obviously. Haddock. It looked, she got a bigger portion and somebody near me got a really huge portion of something that looked like beans. And I did feel a bit upset that maybe I hadn't gone for the risotto, but never mind, that's as a side note. Even if you have it then you would have felt like really full and, and like Well I wasn't eating again. Like, oh, I, I wasn't eating again, so it was that was it. That was what I was having that day. So mm. anyway, I leave the restaurant and then I go and I'm meeting this producer and director and I go back to my hotel, get myself ready for the evening because I've got this debate on. And he arrives and we've only got an hour. We go over to the pub and he's like, what are you drinking? Sauvignon Blanc, obviously. <laughs> so again, Sauvignon Blanc. So, and he's like completely Northern. He drinks his pint, gets another one, gets me another glass. Now I didn't finish that one. Is that James? You're on the yeah, yeah, I didn't finish that one, but I still had a fair amount. Well, this is where it gets problematic. Because there is only one thing worse than peer pressure in my life. Free shit. (laughs) That is my Achilles heel. It is my Achilles heel. I get to the debate, and it's with Curious Kittens, Killing Kittens, who are the sex parties for people who are interested in sharing partners or yeah, having play. kind of consenting experiences with other adults. Adult and play, that's what whilst I was not involved with any of that stuff, though I'm completely for whatever makes you happy, I was there to debate women's roles, looking at the future of AI and how sex dolls might influence the future of women's positions in society. So it's a really important thing. I'm with the most amazing uh, Dr. Kate Devlin, incredible woman, very, very much involved at Goldsmiths with all of that development. So it's an exciting night, you know. I'm there with interesting people who, on a sexual level, are very liberated. That excites me because I just think that that's so important that we have really grown-up discussions about it. I'm working with somebody who's really inspirational. Kate Devlin's a really inspirational woman and a really lovely woman as well. And obviously all these people have come because they're kind of curious about lots of different things probably from a sexual perspective but certainly for the AI perspective because yeah. you have people... killing kittens don't you the main parties but then you have curious kittens which is people who are a little bit more curious and want to see things about discussions workshops I think and... they want to see the seediness taken out of sex you yeah. know the fear and the yeah, shame and yeah, all of that yeah. stuff that which I think is absolutely brilliant like you're saying I think it opens up 70% whole... women yeah it's all, I mean, that, it's all, that's it's all, all I need to know yeah it's all female led and, yeah. you know, and Emma Sale who runs yeah. it is absolutely amazing well, love it should be that the rules are set by the women and that's yeah. what it says on the website the rules are set by the women which, because, but, but you see what well, I've done quite a lot of research into things like swinging as you know and I don't think that's the case most places but with Emma Sale mm. and with Killing Kittens that is absolutely it and when I was there probably 90% of the people there were female it was incredible yeah. no she's, she's an incredible one I'm nervous because I'm kind of going into this experience I'm there to defend what I think is really important which is I don't believe that we should develop sex dolls I don't believe that we should encourage that kind of thing I think we're not in a position yet where we've figured out and mastered human relationships and that was kind of my argument which we'll talk a little bit about in a few minutes but I walk in and it's free sex on the beaches I've never even had sex on the beach it's one of those cocktails I'd never asked for because I always feel like it's a bit of a you know I'll have a sex on the beach snaps and vodka and I think there was vodka in it 
Yeah, there's vodka. There's That's my poison vodka. Vodka, peach, snaps, orange, and something else. But it was Grenadine. free. Grenadine, I think it is. Is it? Something well, like that, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, free. They're pretty nice. They're pretty nice. They just taste like pop, you know, like... They did. They did taste like pop, which again, unfortunately, led to me having seven. Seven? I had two before. I had two during. I had two after. And I was given a seventh that I didn't drink. Yeah. And I wasn't drunk because my adrenaline was just completely firing up. And it was only when somebody gave me a glass of Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> that I took a sip and thought, God, I need to yeah. not do this. I need to stop. I'm not a good drinker, yeah. as you know. I can't handle it. I can handle certain things, but certainly not mixing. Oh, my God. I literally set my alarm. A little bit of a life hack tip here. Set my alarm for 2.30 in the morning so that I could wake myself up, drink lots of water and take loads of painkillers. And guess what? That's what I did. I'm not saying I felt fantastic in the morning. <laughs> I did still feel a little bit on the ropey side and felt like I didn't want to leave my hotel room, but I didn't feel desperately unwell as I had 2.30 in the morning. It's because your wasn't there. Oh, but Pete, <laughs> you're fine. You'd have just rolled out of bed and been like, oh, I feel a well, bit We wouldn't rough. have gone. No, but you'd have been like, I feel, I feel a bit rough. And then you'd have gone and had a massive breakfast and been fine. We'd have just kept on drinking. <laughs> I wouldn't have kept on drinking. I can't do it as well, you know. You'd have just been, you'd have probably ended up with the curious kittens, being curious knowing you. But I What's was, this? Um, What's that? Yeah. What's this? What's this thing? Yeah. But um, yeah, long story short, I woke up the next day just feeling that sense of, God, I just need to detox. I yeah. really do. I don't know how people keep it up because I have to do quite a lot of that stuff. It's learning to moderate because that's how you end up functionally alcoholic. Mm. That's how when your lifestyle encompasses a certain pattern and you have to be with people and put yourself in situations that might be a bit scary. Obviously, alcohol acts as like an anesthetic against that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. You kind of go, all right, I'm okay, a bit of Dutch courage. But if you're doing that most of the time... Oh, I felt like a bloated mess the next day. I mean, it must be difficult for people who live in London that, that, that are around, surrounded by that sort of situation because you do see, I mean, a little bit of Manchester, but not nothing, nowhere near no, as much. The drinking it's, culture yeah, isn't the drinking same. Yeah, drinking culture in London, it's a, every, especially you know, in the summertime, it's everybody goes to the pub after work. Yeah. You know? I mean, not everybody. I mean, if everybody went to the pub after work, it'd be like, you know. Pubs would still be yeah, open. Yeah, it'd just be like, you know, everything would be a pub. Everybody would work in a pub because <gasps> all the pubs would just be there. to be everybody, you know. Everybody could work in a pub because then they'd have no customers. It'd be a massive pub, wouldn't again, it? Again, this is why you're not Carol Vorderman's person because, again, on a mathematical yeah. level, we're, we're yeah. just failing. Yeah. Everybody couldn't, couldn't be in a pub at the same time because everything, every, every building would have to be a pub then. Oh, it's funny though, we, we were kind of talking about the whole debate of that AI scenario was, could women be replaced? Oh, is that what the, the, the actual... Yeah, so right. the, the premise of it that Emma introduced was, obviously there's so many new developments in sex toys, in the sex industry, the most popular sex toys in Japan are the sex dolls. The most popular sex doll is a seven-year-old kid. Oh, was it so? Was it similar to the? Because you did a podcast, and it was my dad wrote a porno. Podcast, it was. Wasn't it it was right. like that, but a lot more in depth. And also, Kate Devlin obviously is in AI, AI so, tech yeah, it was development. So yeah, a bit more the academic like level of you know. And also the fact that we had kind of slightly different views. Um, Kate really loves the whole idea around developing lots of fantastic sex tech whereas I to some degree feel that we have to have limits you know I've posed some examples that are about human self-regulation because 
like anybody, you know, I think that as a human being, I have a naturally hedonistic streak. You have a, a naturally hedonistic streak. And I think most human beings have got that to some degree. Some people haven't necessarily had an opportunity to activate it. But once you've activated it, yeah. you can't help but just know that little bit about you. So I work really heavily around never allowing myself to lose sight of how disastrous that streak could be for me. And the reason for that is that if I didn't, then I'd probably do things constantly that were terrible for me, but that might yeah. feel good. So what my argument is always about is just because we can have it doesn't mean we should have it. And just because you can develop something doesn't mean in the long term it's going to be good for our society. And as noted, what we were just saying there, the fact that the best-selling sex doll is a seven-year-old child in Japan. Mm. That is terrifying. Now, it's illegal to import that doll. It's not illegal to own it. Isn't that interesting? It's illegal to bring it into the country. It's not illegal to actually have it. Now, that means that if you're found in your home with it, it's not illegal. But if you're found bringing it to your home, it is illegal. Strange. It's, it's, it's You know what? <clears throat> You're going to get like different sides of the argument. I know which side of the argument I'm on, and I'm not for them at all. You know, I don't think there's... The, 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 I know I do understand the arguments that people are going to come to you with and they're going to come with yeah well it stops them from doing things or it'll, it, people are lonely or they want to just you know what I mean but I just think learn you know, we're humans and humans whatever predilection we are we have to be with other humans as you know to you know, that's just the way I feel it's just my opinion I know the people have their own opinions um, but I just don't get especially the seven year I mean that is just that's just I'm sorry but that's that's like a non-functioning paedophile saying, oh, I'm look, just looking, I'm not doing anything. You know, it's, they're actually following through and having something which resembles a seven-year-old kid and then having sex with that doll is just, it just, it's in beyond, it's over my head. It's like... And bear in mind the fact they've got what? frigid settings which are meant to stimulate rape, yeah. kind of rape. Yeah, I know. I mean, but even, that's even like the sex dolls. I've been there on the, the sort of situation where we've chatted about the, the sex robots and stuff. And... You know, there's there's no argument in my from my side of things. I just can't see an argument for for people wanting to have a sex doll, whether it's got three knobs and twelve tits, or you know, and it can do things. I mean, there's those crude ones that those people are making. I mean, those guys that are making one was on this morning with you, and it does have that frigid setting, you know. And I'm sorry, but the guy was just like he was just a bit, a bit. I wouldn't say weird because that's that'd be nasty sex. I don't know him, but. It, it's, his sexual preference was with the robot, you know, and it was just when it was the noises it made and the way it looked, it was just scary. And I don't think it's anything to do with the sex robot. I think it's just it's what he's into. I think he's into that, you know. It's like paraphilia. The, yeah, you know, like sex with objects. It's like the um, people who fall in love with bridges. Yeah, <laughs> and we watched the documentary, didn't we, where that guy said he hypnotized his, his girlfriend and, uh, and he comes back from ten and then after the. When by she the becomes time a robot. Bond, she turns into a robot, yeah, and she's it's just like. Well, oh. That's just like exaggerated role play. Yeah, that's what it is, you know. And I just, I just don't think there's, like, like you say, we haven't mastered our no. own human relationships. That's yet. the thing. We haven't you know, mastered there's it. So many things for us to be able. So to... So what what we're doing is we're moving away from it. So if you look in Japan, what we know in Japan is that men are struggling to have relationships with real women. They actually choose to have relationships with AI. Now we have to look at the trends because even though that's a very different culture, what we see on a tech level is that's what comes across here. So that's something that on a future yeah. dynamic level we're going to be doing. And for me, it is that whole issue regarding, well, you know what? As a human being, courting human being relationships, that's what keeps us healthy. That what, that's what makes us live a long time. But 
the arguments that counter it are, well, if I'm severely disabled, now, oh, yeah, again, yeah, but again, I get that, and mm. also, if I'm somebody who is high-level autism, and I just can't have those kind of relationships, but again, I think what we should be doing is getting tech to work with that, so that they can forge and form those relationships, yeah, I think right, that's yeah. where we need to go with it, and I kind of potentially was, like, looking and thinking about all those counter-arguments, and one of the things that, again, is a classic, is what you brought up, which is, people are saying, listen if he wants to have sex with a child if we can give him a sex doll that is a child that's gonna make him feel satisfied then that's got to be better than allowing him to have sex with a child or obviously not allowing but allowing that to happen because that's that behavior pattern mm -hmm. now i think that's bullshit and yeah. the reason i think it's bullshit is very much based in evidence in the 70s, when you raped somebody or you were a high-level sex offender, you were offered the chance to have chemical castration or you were forced into it. So there was a period of time where you were forced into it. You can still have chemical castration now. You can elect for it. And some sex offenders actually take it. But if you were forced into it, what they found was, yes, those men didn't have sex with children anymore. They murdered them. Because the mm. truth is, it's not about sex. It's about <clears throat> power. Yeah. When you rape a woman, it's not about getting off because you're having sex with a woman, it's that you are violating a woman without her consent. Yeah. It's the same when it comes down to paedophilia. Yes, some of them want to believe they're having loving relationships with the child, but it's still a dominating relationship. Mm. And a child cannot give you a permission base to do that. Therefore, you absolutely know that legally, morally, and all of those extra collateral volume around your discussions with your own brain, you know that they're fake because we have a law here and it's very clear as to why. But the problem is the more that you legitimize it and go, okay, you can't have sex with a seven-year-old girl, but you can have sex with a seven-year-old girl doll. That's going to incite behavior. Yeah. That's not going to subdue it. Yeah, it's going to make them actually... You're going to get sick of that doll. You're going to want a real experience. Absolutely. That's where I'm, what I was saying about the argument. You know what argument they're going to come to you with, but then these people can use it and it'll stop them from doing that. And that's a defunct argument because, as you've just po pointed out there, that's the way it leads yeah. to. I well, want more. Like, I want more. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of numb to that now. What yeah. am I going to do? Exactly. I, I can get another one. Which and that's what we see gonna, in yeah. pornography. Yeah. We see that in pornography. You know, we see pornography. You start off looking at soft porn. You might be a little bit into seeing somebody get a blowjob. And then all of a sudden, a year down the line, you're looking at face abuse. Yeah. You're looking yeah. at violent, submissive women being abused facially. Yeah. That's because you need to be titillated more and more and more and more, which is why you should always limit that kind of behavior. That's coming back to that whole idea of the hedonistic street. You should always limit that behavior. And when I think about that kind of ridiculous argument, and we have those arguments because they are self-fulfilling, you know? Mm. They go, right, well, I really need to think about how I can have more of what I want in my life, and I need to not think about really the implications or the social, pro-social behaviors that I should be emitting. I can just go, look, well, we can do this. Let's do this. And that really freaks me out because on a human level and on an instinct level, it kind of counters what we need to be doing with society to actually make a positive difference. You know, at a time where we have the highest levels of homelessness on the streets than we've had for so long, we are plowing money into things like sex AI and the industries around it because you know it sells, you know it sells. But what are we actually doing about our society, you know, where it counts? Mm. I don't it, think, I, I genuinely, 
don't agree with anybody plowing money into uh, sex AI. I think AI itself is a, is, is a fantastic thing. I mean, that's a whole new podcast in itself, talking about AI. I mean, where we've got to put the, you've got to put a, I wouldn't say a limit on it because there's never going to be a limit to AI, but you've got to put security measures in because, as we all know fine well, that the talking AIs are talking to each other already and making languages up. And what is it that the, the, the play chess against like 20 oh, yeah. chess champions, the world champions, this, this new AI played chess against them simultaneously and beat them within minutes, seconds, without, you know, well, minutes it was, without any hassle at all. And, the, the, you know, this is 20 world champions together playing chess against this thing. And it's just, it just beat them and then it, it learned more. And it also played the, um, what's that Japanese or Chinese game? Rush or Go, it's called Go. Well, Japanese, I think it's Chinese, I think it is. And if you, once you, every, when you're a kid plays it, and if you get to a point where you're that good, they take you out of school and put you in go school and you get I'd really have never got to go school. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't, I'd have uh, got to went, there's like, went so there's school. There's like a, 200 million ways of winning, you know, and this AI, this certain AI has mastered it after, and it's mastered like thousands of years worth of go playing and it can beat every world champion and every, you know, it's just... And it's and it's learning. It's yeah. lear- it learns, you know. And I understand that AI is going to be fantastic for many things, you know. But I don't understand why you plumb money into the sex AI. I don't because it's one of the biggest industries, isn't well, it? Yeah, I understand. And it's a that, bit like but... I am the first person that me and Kate were kind of debating this. I was like, there is not a sex toy I have not owned. Like yeah. when we met each other, you had never had any involvement with that kind of stuff. No. And I turned up with Not bags. Not for wanting. I know, but I turned up with bags of stuff, didn't yeah, I? And you were just like, right. what are these? Yeah. And it was a rucksack. Yeah, it was. I had a rucksack of sex toys and I'm the first person to say that. And I think that any woman and man listening to this, if you've never engaged with sex toys, if you've never actually bought yourself them, then you are absolutely mm. missing out because think, they are brilliant to use yeah. with your partners. That's what I mean. I, th- I think people, um, a lot of people out there won't really sort of realize or think about having it with your partner you know it's funny isn't it i think it's they just think oh these sex toys just for masturbation gotta hide them in the drawer yeah yeah you know and it's like but nah nah i mean we won't go into what we had but my gosh yeah a veritable plethora it was brilliant and we're not ashamed to say that it's healthy it's adult play and we're growing up also i teach lots of people around the sex area and sex play so adult play is really important so I have a no filter dialogue regarding sex and relationships because I want every human being to have the most fantastic engaged lovely sex lives that feel empowering and I think in a time where particularly for women we are seeing a rage and I said that when I was talking on Russell Brand's podcast I said that one of the things that I see in pornography these days is rage like there is a a subtext of she wants it she wants it she's going to enjoy it and if she doesn't enjoy it she's going to get taught a lesson and that worries me massively so my work is always around the countering that and helping men and women to feel that they can be empowered and loving and they can get the best out of each other without any of that need for that kind of abuse and also so that men aren't so reliant on pornography and women don't feel threatened by pornography as well because I don't think that pornography is a terrible thing I just think it needs to be put in its place and I think that men need to learn not to just use that for masturbation I think that women actually need to engage with yeah. men on a level where they can all contribute to a really healthy engagement with whatever makes them happy I think but makes be, them not yeah, threatened yeah I think just, you know more women should get involved in, in making pornographic films because you know there is some fantastic women out there directors that are doing pornographic films and 
you know, I've seen a couple and they are better because they're just better. You know, they just seem to know what, what they're doing a bit better. Where men have got this, like, you know, sh not, sh I'm not saying they're not chauvinistic, but it is quite sort of, this is what it's always been, this is what we do, what we're going to do. You know, there was that, yeah. what's that program, that film on Netflix, the uh, series, what was it called with um, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister? Oh, that Maggie was Gyllenhaal. good, yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten the name of it. really good. And she was a prostitute, but then it's just started to get excited because she's become a porn director. Yeah. And I just think that, yeah, I think it's, it's about, you know, it's, it'll be nice to see. I know there is a lot of women out there doing it, aren't there? I know There's a few. But again, the argument would be that mostly it would be only women who watch that and a lot of women don't watch porn. My mm. thing is more that, you know, men tend to, from an early age, use pornographic material just because it makes sense. It means that they can see visually stimulating information and that helps with their orgasm. But if you have a great sex life, yeah. you don't. Now, see, that's the big thing. And you use a lot of pornography before we were together that was your outlet wasn't it it was I'm not ashamed to say that I'm you know I'm a full-blooded male but also you were <laughs> massively dissatisfied oh very yeah I mean I um, literally didn't you know weren't satisfied in any way whatsoever well you just didn't have sex because your wife wouldn't have sex with you no uh, and you know I wasn't allowed to be the way I am really so, so the point is not though, that I go on like you know set fire to people but I'm up in the car you know and I know it's just I'm not like a lunatic, but you know, it's, it's, it's very, it was sexually liberated when I met you. But, but the irony is that you use pornography for that frustration level and to get yourself some kind of sexual stimulation. Yeah. And what my argument is in loving and caring and grown relationships, you have a great sex life and that subdues the need to utilize that pornography. So the irony is that pornography has its place. It might be that occasionally you think, oh, let's shove a little bit of porn on and get it on together. But very rarely would you or I, think about watching porn yeah. because we have a healthy happy sex life and we don't have any of those urges because we are satisfied oh, you've got it in 4d haven't you it's, it's but my a, argument is you know, that every human being should be entitled to those type of relationships because mm. sex on a functional level forget the spiritual level forget the real physical connection that yeah, occurs yeah. between two loving human beings which is absolutely talking amazing about the animalistic the level. animalistic instinctual level it's functional it's what we need you know men feel compelled you know it's within yeah. their bone the structure it's absolutely yeah, hardwired see this room, and it? ironically women really do want to have sexual experiences and pleasure themselves and often women will masturbate far more than they'll have sex because they're not satisfied in their sex lives so what I was talking about in a very convoluted way there is that you know I have no issue with the whole area of AI technology when it comes down to pleasuring yourself and getting yeah. sex toys that can work yeah. in tandem like super ones it's like that website uh, that we started years and years and years ago I'm going to swear here so it's going to sound awkward. Uh, Fuckingmachines.com. Mm. And people just used to have a laugh show on it. But that's been going for years. And that is like a really sort of low level, like loads of inventors and scientists, or they call themselves that, making machines for women. I don't know if for men, but for women, which are like massive machines with dildos and all different things on that do different things to, for, for women to please themselves. So I guess the AI things that you're talking about would be much sort of up there, ones that will send shockwaves through the body when you've you know, like mm. reached climax or, you know. Exactly. So things that can enhance a couple or an individual's mm. experience, but that don't denote the physical being. So it's like, so I guess there'll be something like that'll learn because if it's AI, well, that's one of the things they're learn what you on. like and then 
So Dr. Kate Pattinson. Devlin was talking about that. She was yeah. talking about how the feedback, you can actually feedback information through the technology they're developing, but which see, can make a huge difference. It's only going to get to a point where there's going to have to be, I mean, this is talking like science fiction world, you know, it's going to have to be mixed with organic because smells and tastes and, and things like that can, You're never, right. can never ever be... Replicate. Yeah. But also the thing and about that's a big human part beings... Of, of sex, you yeah. know, the smells and the tastes and the, you know, the touches of... Like, uh, and also yes. relationships are complex. They're fundamentally complex. So they make us engage with lots of different emotional variables. They make us grow in lots of different yeah. ways. They challenge us. They manipulate us at times. They make us afraid at times. But they're all very human experiences. If we can just control something that looks like us and that acts in a way that really turns us on, people will be like, oh, what's the harm in that? But it's like you remove the one thing mm. that makes them human, which is the kind of brokenness. And I always bring back to the brokenness and messiness of human beings because I think that's what makes us amazing but I have so many fears around that and do you know what the irony is nothing I can say will stop it yeah. I know it's happening yeah. I know it's happening it's not going to happen in my lifetime even in 50 years time we'll have technology that's functional in that way it's not going to be the I, I, I think I mean I'll make a prediction here I think that what, what AI will turn into eventually is it'll gradually go down the organic route but I think with like mixing it with that, and I think it's that same old when people say about getting microchips put in certain places of your uh, body for you to be able to read text or whatever. But I think it'll be something like that. I reckon oh, I it'll agree go with to like having a microchip around the penis area, or the vagina area, so it won't be like um, Viagra and stuff. It'll be able to get you erect, like just by thinking a thought or pressing a button, or you know what I mean. So I think that sort of, and then it'll learn certain things about your body and. That's and send. I don't know. I wonder if it's going to be something like that. I yeah, yeah I think that would be like amazing because that kind of incubates the reality yeah. of your experience as an individual with another individual. Hopefully, so like or a even become like a cyborg, won't you? Anywhere a hybrid. But that's happening because obviously yeah. we're all going to get chips and our things where we can pay things just by putting yeah. our wrists or speaking somewhere. Like that, or, you know, exactly, that is going to happen. <laughs> and there's nothing I can say or do that's going to change that. It's going to happen. Um, I'm kind of a bit pissed that I'm not going to be around in a thousand years. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite excited. I mean, I'm quite excited to watch the uh, the sort of the the, the the sort of AI and the organics thing it's it's like a mad film from like the 90s like you know the but crazy the games about, you yeah. got to play and the, you know the, imagine like you know having the phones and they're just speaking like that hello oh I'll there'll be a time won't there where people will look back from the future and go wow look yeah. at those in the 2000s and whatevers those guys were driving around in a metal machine yeah. full of highly flammable liquids at high speeds yeah I mean I think, think that, about yeah, it I genuinely think <laughs> that is the organic and the AI stuff is going to blend and that's going to be like I mean I don't know, a thousand two thousand but that's 5, human Years. enhancement isn't yes, it yes but, but that's you know and then but with that in a 500,000 years if the earth's still here people are going to evolve around that you know it's going to because evolution takes control doesn't it and, the thing is know, with that though if the only way that would ever work is if the whole of the world as far as the governments become an altruistic government with no power battles yeah. in war, because otherwise all of what you've just said will be completely used against each against, other in yeah, wars. wars. It will become a problem in humanity. It will separate this classes. Is, yeah, but this is this is the, the problem you say about the AI, about the security side of it. You've got to, it, there's things can always go. This you see in the end, isn't it? Things can always go to the dark side. You know, this is what the film Star Wars is built on the Jedi's. You know, it's at the dark side and the, the light side. You know, you can use things for the benefit of the people, altruistic, that get people... Sp I mean, you could have chips that look after your health. You know, things inside you that, 
you know, if they see cancer farming, it kills it immediately. If it sees a disease farming, it doesn't, you know, which will then make people live to a 200, you know, it's... Well, and that's the overcrowding, yeah, though. Yeah. And then what happens then? How do you start to manage that? Do you give people a finite time before they get put down? Yeah. Is there a position where you have to manage society in that way? Will it come down to a position where you can't have children for a yeah. certain amount of time? Well, I guess that's the sort of space station, sort of new planet looking. I mean, we're going beyond, you know, some sort of, you know, crazy deep thought thinking now about, like, the future. But I, I guess, you know, the... the probability of that happening being able to live on like i wouldn't say elysium like i mentioned before on one of the podcasts but i mean that would be fantastic but that is the type of thing the I mean, space stations now have been able to handle themselves you know people are up there and they're obviously doing tests within those space stations to see if bigger space stations you know and it's not like you know you could have you know a hundred space stations spaced around the earth in the earth's orbit with you know i don't know a million people on each i don't know you know how big they are but that's that's you wouldn't want to be on the first, would you? You just know there were oh, loads, God, of, no, loads yeah. of problems, loads of teething stuff, yeah. people just dying everywhere. You'd go on the pioneer wall, though, wouldn't you? Right. you know, brick be, in the wall, the pioneer wall. They'll all be one of yeah. those, won't There's they? There's granddad. My yeah. granddad was on the first space station ever. Yeah, I bet he enjoyed himself. No. No, he's on the wall, though. He was dead within weeks. <laughs> no. You know, it's that kind of thing that will occur because that's always the way when you're kind of using new technologies, there's mm. always disasters. But I don't know, it kind of concerns me about the whole manifestation of possibility that's beyond my comprehension because then I think maybe we're just all clouding that with our avoidance of what's really happening, which is our planet is dying, we're overcrowded and yeah. we're really messing up and actually we're in a position where socially we should be able to look after everybody, everybody should be able to eat, there shouldn't be diseases all over the world, we should be able to work with each other in that way and actually there's been no connection just fracturing yeah. in my lifetime that's been my lifetime just a series of fractures in different dynamics in, all mm. over the world so how the hell we're ever going to get to a point where we all neutralize that i hope we do and i would love to think that with technology one of the things that they might be able to do is look at genetic formation of personality and how we can maybe alter that so that people don't walk around now yeah. that's a big ethical question and actually ethics committees everywhere would be like no way we're not doing that idea of making people good because you can't do that that manipulates and that affects but actually in the long term if that's the only way that we can work as a planetary experience together well, yeah, it might unless happen everybody dies it's not like you're not killing anybody are you you're just no. you're just helping people with uh you know the personality which is a chemical imbalance really you know in a lot of us well know. nature nurture is a big deal isn't it you've yeah, got a temperament so, you're born with temperament yeah so there is absolutely a dynamic to your temperament there's nothing you can do about it but you can modify it yeah. so there's nothing you can do about what you're born with you might be born shy you can modify it you'll always be shy but you can modify the behavior so it works for you that's kind of what i've done in my life yeah. or you're born really confident and again you can modify your behavior so you don't come across as arrogant all those things kind of are possibly manipulated and manageable but you definitely have an inbuilt kind of connection yeah. with your dna and that's bringing me on to something that I think we need to tell our listeners, all 19 of them, maybe 20 of them this week, that last week we talked about the fact that we were going to start saying, what yes. were we going to start saying? Yes. yes. We are going to start saying yes to things. On the 21st of March, <laughs> Pete and I will be jointly presenting yeah. a little YouTube show together. That's what we've said yes to. We it's got animals yes. in it. It's got people we're interviewing in it. It's got a proper studio set. And he and I, we didn't go, ooh, yeah. let's not do that. We went, yes, and we're doing yeah. it. Scripts have come today. 
We're going to be in that studio all the way through it. We're going to be thinking, why have we said yes to this? But it doesn't yeah. matter because we're on roots. So I'm, I'm, after, I'm having to practice my... Um, <laughs> it's like I'm going to practice like my children's BBC presenting <laughs> skills. And I'm like, wow, last time I did something like that was like Peter Pan and in Peter Pan or Aladdin in Aladdin. And don't forget, I sang to tell 12,000 people, good King Wednesday's class. Yes, <laughs> Pete's memories are strange, where he likes, he reckoned that thousands of people were in his local town. Hey, I've won dance competitions. Oh, you have uh, won dance competitions? Uh, you know, break, well, break dancing, yeah. Um, you know, I've won So we might do some with that in it as well. You uh, might just throw in the odd, like, kind of movement in it. Yeah. But that's our first yes. And I've, done, first I've yes, done a second so. yes as well. I don't like social experiences where I don't know anybody, but I have to get investment for my company. So I went and had a chat with somebody the other day when I was out doing that talk who happens to do investment. And I said, can we go for lunch? And they said, yes. So it was me saying yes to doing something uncomfortable that in turn got a yes of another person. So that's two things that I've said yes to. That is groundbreaking for me. I don't know what our next yes is going to be. I don't know. I mean, I'm, uh, I've been exploring uh, certain things, but I'm coming up against brick walls and that, that sort of involve like martial arts and stuff. I'm quite inspired by my children, you see, doing jujitsu. And then obviously Russell Brand, I've seen him doing it. And it's like, yeah, you're never too old. Because I used to do a bit of Jeet Kune Do and some Wing Chun. And I was getting pretty good at it, you know, but, you know, life takes over sometimes. And I found that I was quite calm when I did it, you know, so I'm, I've been trying to find some form Yes, we'll do another podcast on Pete's inability to contain rage at some point, but yes, you do need to do something to make yourself calm, don't you, dear? I do, my lovely wife, I do. But we have to say yes to things together. We do, and also, you know, I'm looking for you as well. <laughs> yeah. Sit wiring off on top of the Empire State Building. I'd happily I'd do, do that. that. <laughs> no problem at all. But saying yes... Is what it's all about. It is saying yes. Um, Ooh, challenging. Go we've on. also said yes to having our downstairs toilet done yeah. and tiled and our entry area of the hall, which might to you guys seem like something a bit weird because it's just kind of DIY and stuff. But the truth is, I don't like spending money on anything. And really, <laughs> I like to have it in the bank because secretly I have a sub-fear of the fact that I'm going to lose all my work and literally never be able to feed the kids again. But instead I've gone, yes, yes. let's do that. Let's go ahead and make some changes, even though part of me doesn't want to let go. And let me just say something else before we go. Before we finish this, let me go. go if you are a joiner, a bricklayer, yes. a carpet fitter, if you are an individual who works in trades, could you please get in touch and tell me this? Why do work people go into your home and make a decision on what they will charge you based on what they think you have? Because this is something that seems to be happening a great deal right mm. now. Things that shouldn't cost very much suddenly seem to have a massive increase in price when they walk in our house. And my house is not palatial at all, but it's bigger than the old house that I had, where we would get average types of prices. Yeah. When I'm getting quoted £3,550 to hang doors... Oh, 11 doors. 11 doors. And, are, and these doors are only open-eared, which are only cost... They're cheap. Just over £100 each, these doors, bear in mind. So 11 of them, okay... So I'm not sure why £3,550. Yeah. And the, 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 the doors are the largest standard size 
So I can't believe no. we're having this, but this is how much it's annoyed us. Oh, yeah. So we said no to that. That was our no yeah. for the week. Well, he was walking out the door, he turned on me because he saw the house and he was like, it's going to be expensive, you know. And I was oh, like, I know. What? I know. And don't get me wrong, the person who's coming to do our bathroom, etc., is a friend of my parents, and he's very reasonable because he's a friend oh, he's of a friend. He's time served as well, you know. He's done exactly. it for years. And it's like... I don't know how we've gone to that at the end, but that's our no for today. That's our no. Yeah. So even so, we're saying yes. <gasps> so said we, no to that. <laughs> we've covered a lot. We have. I feel we like have. we've covered a lot today. Yeah, I've enjoyed that talk about, I think, the AI. I mean, we could go a lot deeper on that. As you say, the debates can go on forever. And we're saying we're not against certain parts of it, but we are against in some ways. We've got to get Kate Devlin on. She's absolutely amazing. She's a really, really amazing woman. We have got a guest coming up soon. We're very excited. We've got um, a guy called Andy coming, who's going to just talk about lots of different things from LGBTQ rights through to his personal experiences of what he thinks about fandom and just lots and lots of interesting things. That's going to be in a couple of weeks' time, but we are excited because it's really nice to have a guest. And even though he doesn't drink lots of coffee and he suggested only Diet Coke, well, actually, no, he didn't suggest Diet Coke. He suggested any, but I drink Diet Coke, so that's the one it's going to be. It was nice to think that we're going to be introducing people into our little world. And we kind of have been thinking about there are some celebrities that have said they'll come on. And as I've said, we're going to have True Geordie on, who is just such an genuinely wonderful human being. For anybody who's listening, and maybe you don't listen to any of the younger YouTubers, I have to say, True Geordie is just a gent and a joy. And if you can listen to him, please do. I know that's only going to increase his listening area by about one person, but (laughs) genuinely, every number counts, and he's a great guy. But I do have a few other celebrities who are going to come on, including him. And But we also just want to speak to real people, just normal human beings like me and Pete. You know, people who just go about their daily business and have amazingly extraordinary, ordinary lives. Because everybody's life is extraordinary. It really is. Yeah. And we want to encourage anybody who feels that they could contribute and have got a story to tell to get in touch with us. I have got some quite serious people coming on as well. There are going to be a few people who've had serious issues around abuse and serious issues around domestic problems. And I do want to introduce that whole aspect and dynamic so whilst we do try to have quite a lot of fun on making sense of it and i think that our primary instinct is to try to keep things as light as possible because you live in a serious world and we've all got our problems but there are issues that inevitably are incredibly close to my heart and the more we talk about them the more we get them out there then the more permission based there is for other people to talk about their own issues and their own problems you know from mental health to sexual abuse to sexual exploitation to prostitution to all the areas that i think affect our society you know we welcome anybody who has their own stories please don't feel like because you might not be in the public eye we are not interested in you it could not be further than the truth people make stories everybody's lives are full of them and if you have a story to tell and you want to share that with us please do get in touch with us subscribe to our channel of course please making sense of it it's really important and you can follow me on any of my handles it's emma kenny tv um pete is at dusted media Yes, yeah, the media. Or at Mr. Pedros as well. Or at Mr. Pedros. But like I said, get in touch, keep in touch. I hope you've enjoyed listening and join us next week for Making Sense of It. Podcast number 10. Oh, it's our anniversary. Is it our anniversary next well, week? Well, podcast number 10 is oh our 10th anniversary. I was like, what is it our anniversary? <laughs> oh, that's, that's not November. July, though, when we got together. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, no, no nowhere I'm near. Sorry, nowhere near. Nowhere near. It's the podcast's near. 10th anniversary. Hey. I think we had our first connection in April, though. Yeah, we did. Okay. Anyway, that's <laughs> a good note to end it on. Have a good week.